Hey everybody, we are so excited about what God is doing in our church mm-hmm. and in you. And this, in, this last series, Hot Takes, has been so, so fun. Hope that you've enjoyed it. We, uh, we ended our series with a live Q&A, but we got through so many questions came in um, that we just didn't have time to, to answer all of them. So we've compiled a list of some questions and we just wanted to go through those, give you some additional content that maybe can help you uh, if you were one of those that asked those questions or if you didn't ask, but it resonates with you. Yeah. And, you know, we just believe that we can go to God's word and he can guide us and direct us in every issue of life. So yeah. I've got Sonny with me and we are going to just, we're going to go back and forth, answer cool. a few of these questions. And uh, we, we hope that, you know, God speaks to you through it and it helps you uh, in, in your life. So first question, Sonny, I'm going to ask you, how do I share my Christian beliefs and values with others without it seeming like I'm trying to indoctrinate them yeah. like, by force. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a great question. Um, you know, Peter says that we should always be prepared to give an account for the hope that we have, and we should we should do so with, with gentleness and respect. And so I think we massively undervalue listening. I think mm. part of, of sharing the gospel with somebody so is, is being willing to first come to them and listen to their story, listen to where they're at. And then when you do ask questions, asking questions that are are thought-provoking questions, not just, hey, how you doing? It's great. Good, you know, but but really asking the questions that, that's gonna cause them to think and then posturing yourself in a way that that, that really wants to listen to them, that yeah, wants totally. to get to know them. Um, and, and I think when you do that, you, you build relational equity with somebody where now all of a sudden when you begin to share, they're like, well, man, you just listened to my whole story. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna listen to you. Um, and so I think, I think listening is a big part of, of sharing the gospel. Um, St. Francis, I think it says, says, share the gospel and when necessary, use words. And so I think the other way is, is just by action, you know, your, yeah. your living testimony. I think when we walk around and, and we, we act in a way and a manner that glorifies Christ, people see that. They notice when you walk into the room and, and you're full of joy and, and, and you always got a smile on your face. And when you ask somebody a question, it's, it's not just, hey, how you doing? Oh, that's nice. But you really care uh, about them. And so I, I would say... You know, act in a manner that, that glorifies and magnifies Christ and then and then be somebody that, that listens and, and cares. And I think right off the bat, right there, you're gonna plant a seed in somebody and yeah. and uh, and I think that's a great way to share your faith without you know doctrinating or, or oppressing your beliefs that's, upon them. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I, I agree. Could say it better. Yeah. Okay, moving on. What tips do you have for prioritizing quiet time with Jesus with kids? It says it seems like it seems a lot more difficult to carve out time now that kids are in the picture. How do you prioritize quiet time? Yeah, so I have I have three kids uh, from 15 to three. Yeah. And it's, yeah, f- first of all, let's just, let's, uh, let's make things very clear. Like when you have kids, things change. Yeah. They just do. Yeah. Like uh, I am not a morning person. Mm-hmm. I hate the mornings. Yeah. Right. I, I am a night owl. I come alive at night. I love like I get more creative at yeah. night. But at this season of my life, I got kids. I got to get ready for school. Mm-hmm. I've got to get them there early in the morning. Like it's just you have to understand that your life is going to change yeah. with kids. Yeah. Your schedule is going to change. Now, this is for a season, right? You know, oh, we're getting real close to my oldest being able to drive, yeah. which will, <laughs> which will help uh, a little bit with that. But 
your your rhythm has to change, mm-hmm. your schedule has to change. Yeah. Um, here's here's where I think I would start with this is number one. Uh, I always go to Psalm 127. Psalm 127 says this, says, children are a heritage from the Lord, mm. an offspring, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man or woman whose quiver is full of them. And I, I love this idea that, that children are a treasure. They're a gift yeah. from God. Yeah. Uh, Psalmist says that like they're like hands in the like like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Yeah. And so our our job with our children is I say like it's to get them to the target, right? right? Like it's to get them to Jesus, it's to get them to get right. them to heaven. Right. So what when we talk about that like Psalm one twenty seven, that's great. Right. How are we gonna do that? Well it says the verse right before that says Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain, vain. right? So you have, to, you have to settle within yourself. And I think whoever's asking this question yeah. understands this is why they're asking, is that the best thing I can do for my kids yeah. is to have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. The best thing I can do for my family is to have a healthy, vibrant relationship with Jesus. But what does that look like now that I've got kids and I've got schedules changed? Uh, it goes on to say in verse two, in vain you rise early and stay up late. Yeah. Right? So so it's I love how practical this is. The psalmist is saying, like, like, uh, you it's okay to be an early bird mm-hmm. and it's okay to be a night owl. Yeah. You just can't be both. Yep. Right? Yeah. So you can't be a an, an early owl somebody. or a night bird. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He goes on to say, like, or you'll you'll uh, eat the bread of toil, like like it, it's the eat the bread of sorrow. Like right. it's a it's a it's not good for you, right. right? So I think you have to find healthy rhythms for yourself that aren't going to all look like everybody else's rhythms, mm-hmm. right? It's not going to look like your uh, single friends' rhythms, and it's not going to look like your married couple friends that don't have kids' yeah. rhythms. But you have to you have to just take it upon yourself and say, you know what? I know it's harder yep. when I did get up at I don't know six a.m. and have my quiet time with God. I now have to use that time to get ready with the kids. So maybe I have to get up at five. Yeah. Or maybe I, you know, once the kids go to bed, then my, then that's when I'm going to use my spend time with God and have yeah. quiet time. Yeah. I've found for me right now is I take the kids to school and then I come, I come into the office and I have about an hour before everybody else comes in mm-hmm. and I spend that time and just spend time with God and listen to what he's saying and get in the word. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just have to find what works for you. What you can't do is say, in this season, I'm just busy yep. and I don't have time for it. Yep. You right. don't have that, you don't right. have that luxury. Right. Your, your family will suffer from your uh, unhealthy relationship with God. Yeah. yeah, so good, so good, I love it. So the, I, one other question that's come in yeah. is, speaking about that, how do you create new routines and habits? I'd say, how do you create healthy routines and habits? Yeah, I, I guess the, the, the first thing I'd say is, is why, why are you asking the question, mm-hmm. right? So, so I would say, let the goal or goals drive the habit and not the other way around. Ooh. So like there's, I've had players that have, have come up to me and said, coach, I'm, I'm gonna do 50 pushups a day. Yeah. I'm like, that's awesome. Why are you doing 50 pushups a day? Yeah. Well, I, I wanna get stronger. And so it's like, okay, you do 50 pushups a day, well, they go a week and then the sixth day, you just don't have the horsepower to yeah. do 50 push-ups, And so there has to be 
a measurable, something you're looking at. There's got to be a, a greater uh, goal than That's just the, the habit. Um, and so I, I'd say take it back even farther. What is the, what's the goal that I'm trying to achieve? And then backtrack, reverse engineer, okay, what is the smallest habit I can build mm -hmm. to get me there? Um, and then I, I think it's James Clear, I think in Topic Habits, he yeah, talks about how it's, people don't often lack motivation, they lack clarity, wow. right? So you gotta get real specific with, with what you're gonna decide. Say, get a time, get a location, and that specific behavior, make sure it works in your schedule, because oftentimes you'll, I wanna create a new habit, right? I wanna do our quiet time. Yeah. But I get up eight o'clock and I gotta be at the office by nine. Yeah. And so you just can't do it. So I'd say get real specific with, okay, the time, the location, and does the behavior that I'm, I'm looking to, to implement, the routine, the habit, does it fit into my schedule? And so even if you gotta, you gotta break that down into, okay, I might not do an hour quiet time, but I'm gonna do 15 minutes. So now I can get up at yeah. 7.45, do yeah. 15 minutes, and have that hour to, to get ready. Um, I, would say, I would say breaking it down to the most basic level and then always keeping the goal in mind um, it'll, it'll help you yeah. and it'll go such a long so way That's because so the focus good. doesn't become just the habit, becomes the goal and now I reverse engineer that to the most basic, That's the most great. basic thing I need to do. That's so. great. I love that. I love that idea that we, uh, so, so many times we have uphill goals with downhill habits yep. and I love that idea of like starting with that goal in mind yep. and now my habits need to reflect right. that goal. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Love that. Okay, here's, here's a really, really good question. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of people ask this. Um, how do you respond when you feel that your significant other loves you conditionally? Well, first, uh, if you've asked this question, um, I'm sorry you're, you're struggling with this. Um, I'm assuming the, the idea here behind this question being that uh, love this that we're to love each other unconditionally you know it's not based on what you, mm -hmm. you do that merits my love first of all um, love love is a choice you know it's it's not a feeling yeah and it's not based off of merit or based off of what you do mm -hmm. or don't do yeah however um, I, what I what I have found a lot of times in these types of conversations where a, a spouse or whatever is saying like I feel like my 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 spouse only loves me when I do the X Y Z mm -hmm. or doesn't love me if I do X Y Z right I think I think love is the wrong word mm -hmm. I think what they're actually talking about is trust yeah and. The, the truth is, is that love can be unconditional because it's a choice yeah. that we make. Yeah. I, I choose, I choose every day to love my wife, mm. which, by the way, is the sexiest thing you can do. I know, <laughs> yeah. like, there's a lot of people yeah. like, no, it's, it's got to be emotion. I got to feel it and have all the butterflies yeah. and stuff. No, right. like, when you're at your worst and right. I choose to love you, right. or when I'm at my worst and she chooses to love me, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I find is that. When we're talking about conditions stuff and like stuff that we're doing or not doing mm. uh, no trust is conditional yeah right like you you can you can give trust mm -hmm. but the moment it's broken that right. has to be built back and you right. have to you have to earn that that trust back and, and work right. toward it but here's what i will say to those of you who are struggling with with this idea this of you know maybe you're even I, i've had people say like my spouse doesn't love me anymore here's here's what i would Here's where I would start is I would start and make sure that you are centered, grounded, mm. locked in 
to this truth, this fact that God loves you. Yeah. God loves you unconditionally. Yeah. You don't deserve it. Yeah. Like, and he, he loves you. He loves you. Yeah. And he's for you. And then I would, I would ask God, I would ask God, help me, help me love my spouse. Yeah. And not just help me love my spouse, but help me, help me help my spouse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, um, I, I love, uh, Psalm 51:10. Create in me a, a, a clean heart, mm-hmm. right? Create in me this pure, pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Like take take some responsibility for yourself and just say, is there any area of my life, God, that like that you could work on in me? Mm-hmm. Help me be the best that I can be. Yeah. And then I would just be completely honest with my spouse and say, Hey, here's when you say this or when you do this, this is what it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. This is how I receive that. Yeah. And maybe for you, it's, I'm a huge, huge believer in, in counseling. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think if you're, if you're really struggling with this, marriage counseling could be a, a, a great, great asset, great benefit to you. And I just approach my spouse and say, Hey, here's how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I care. I like, I love you. And I, this marriage is the most important thing to me. And yeah. I want, uh, I want us to be as healthy as we can be. Would you consider going to counseling with yeah. me? Would you go to, consider going to talk to somebody? Yeah. And um, and I would also say in that world of counseling that prevention is better than cure. Mm. And so, like, don't even even if you're not there, like, it may be it may be healthy for you to get around some other maybe even just another married couple that's been longer than you have yeah. and just continuing to like work on those things and work on communication and, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, making your, making your marriage better. Yeah. Right. That's how you spell marriage, right? W O R K. It's, it's work and yeah. you just constantly work on it. Yeah. But, uh, to that person that asked that question, I'm sorry, uh, praying for you. Um, there's power in prayer, mm-hmm. pray for your spouse, yeah. pray, f- pray for him, her every, every single day. And uh, I believe that God can can turn that around. Yeah, I love that. It sounds like what you're saying, honesty is such a big part in that, right? Being honest with your spouse, hey, this is how I'm feeling, right? And it opens the door to have that that conversation. I love that. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, Another question, another question that came in. How do you overcome the spirit of fear of failing? That is a great question. Uh, well, first off, whoever asked that question, I want you to know that you are not alone. Um, that there are more people that, that would care to admit. Um, and I, I feel like I can safely say Trey and I, both at, at some point in time, we all go through struggling with a, a spirit of, of fear of failing. That The first thing I would say is, is going to God's word that, that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. And, and I think right off the bat, memorizing that scripture and having it in your arsenal, you can pull out whenever you feel like, man, there's, there's fear and I can feel it coming. Memorize scripture that you can go to that, man, you're, you're counting on the promises of God every time fear comes because fear is always, it's always going to be there. There's always going to be a level of fear. It's, it, it's, it's never going to be like, I've conquered fear. Right. Right. We live in the flesh and so we're constantly going to have to battle things that, that come with that. And, and part of that is, it's fear. And so I'd say, man, what do you have? What are the tools that you have at your disposal to be able to battle that? That's, that's memorizing scripture. Yeah. Right? Man, I'm not afraid. Why? Because I, I know God is never going to leave me nor forsake me. Yeah. Right? I know that, that when, when God says, store up your word in, in your heart so that you might not sin against me, man, part of that is storing up the word of God in your heart that, that when fear comes, 
you wouldn't fall victim to it, but you yeah. would have words to be able to Spirit. battle. And, and so I'd say build your arsenal of yes. scripture because there's always going to be something that comes that tries to attack you. But it's, it's, that's what we fight with. We fight yeah. with the word of God. And so when you feel like, man, what if I, if I fail? Begin to, to use scripture to, to combat that. And then the last thing I, I would say is when, when we're pursuing God, right? When we're running after God, the, the fear of failing man, all of a sudden, it, it doesn't, it doesn't mm. carry the same weight as when we're wow. pursuing man's that's approval. Great. And so I'd say if you are pursuing God and his approval, man, you can fail according to man all day long wow. and it's not going to phase you. But when we're pursuing the approval of man, there's a lot of times where we feel like we're in the rut of, I just don't know if I can do it. I don't know if this yeah. person is, 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 is going to approve this. I don't know if. And so I'd say just pursue God. Pursue God. Seek first the kingdom. Uh, uh, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and yeah. all these things will be added to you. Everything yeah. that you need, right, God is, is going to su supply when you seek him first and his righteousness. And so I'd say continue to pursue God. Store up his word in your heart so that when fear comes, man, you can combat it. That's great. That's yeah. great. Love it. All right, next question. Is it wrong if I do not share the word of God through my career? Is it, is it wrong? Um, okay. I think you've, you've, you have to remove some, some stipulations to this and say, uh, look at the Bible. Jesus, the, it's like the last thing he said, right? Is go into the world, preach yeah. the gospel, yeah. baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Lord. Like, go, go share, go share your faith, right? And uh, by the way, we're, we're getting ready in a few weeks. We'll be launching a series on, on how to share your faith. We're going to be talking about it on Sunday. So make sure that you show up for that or, or tune in. Um, but I think, I think you have to... I get the question, yeah. and maybe the person asking is in a in an environment where it's not, um, you know, it's not appropriate, or maybe they could get uh, some backlash, or potentially even, yeah, potentially even be fired, or you yeah. know, um, and I and I get that. Here's what I would say: is it is wrong to not uh, share the gospel. Yeah, it is wrong to not share share your faith. Yeah, because. Jesus told us to. It yeah. wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't the great suggestion, right? Like it was, it was a command. Mm -hmm. It was, it's our co-mission. It's our mission on this planet. It's to, it's to reach people with the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, what that looks like in every sphere of your life is, is I think can look different. Um, I love that scripture tells us that they'll know you're my disciples by the love that you that you have for people, yeah, right? That's right. I think you can share the gospel, the good news of Jesus by simply loving people. Yep. So maybe for you in your sphere, maybe it is that you can have open, honest conversations about, about Jesus. Yep. Maybe you can have that. Maybe you're in an environment where you, you know, it's not allowed to, you're not allowed to be able to do that. And much less, you know, maybe it's not even just about religion or, or your faith, but about any other topic. And it's like, we got to talk about work and mm -hmm. that's it. Um, I would say that your, your testimony, right? Uh, the power of your testimony is, is more powerful than you think. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is how you live your life. So maybe you're not engaging in all the conversation, other conversations that the people in your, your job are having, right? The, conversations that you know they're telling jokes that you don't need to be a part of or they're 
de, you know, having demeaning conversations about women or mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. Like, there's so many examples of uh, unhealthy, unbiblical, unholy conversations that happen in the workplace. So maybe just the fact that you're unwilling to engage in those mm -hmm. is going to speak something to somebody. That's right. Maybe the, the way that you don't say, man, y'all are y'all are all terrible and I'm not going to have those conversations and y'all yeah. should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah. And maybe the fact that you just love them mm -hmm. uh, and not engage in those is going to speak volumes. And I just, I think that we underestimate our, how we treat people and the way that we carry ourselves, which by the way, also like the fact that you show up early to work and the fact that you are honest at work and the fact that you work hard mm -hmm. at work and the fact that you hold your, like you, you carry yourself with a respect and it be, like all that points to Jesus. Yeah. All that points to there's something different about those people. Yeah. Christians in the workplace ought to be the hardest workers yeah. in the building. That's right. They should be the most trustworthy people yeah. in the building. They should not be the people that are showing up late with pillow creases in their face, mm -hmm. right? Like wiping sleep out of their eyes, yeah. you know, yeah. constantly in the boss's office, having mm -hmm. to like, Think about those things. You're you're over here worried about who can I can I share this Bible verse with this person? Yeah. Hold up, yeah. like show up to work on time. Show up to work on time first. <laughs> yeah. Like be somebody worthy of having those conversations mm -hmm. with somebody. And I think those could could go a long a long way. So I think it's nuanced. I I, I think it's it's hard to just throw a blanket statement. I will say it's impossible for you to not uh, live a life worthy of the calling you received. Mm -hmm. Live a life. Uh, worthy of God's sacrifice for us yeah. and how that plays out in your workplace. You know, I, I think, I, I think there's grace in some of those areas, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to hit you with this last question because you're raising one right now. You got one in the house. What is the best advice you can give teenagers for balancing friends and building their relationship with Christ? Uh, great, great question. Um, First of all, if you have a teenager, uh, my goodness, I'm praying for you. Pray for me. I've got a teenager right now. Um, and it is, oh, it's just a, it's, it's such a, it's such a wild season, mm. right? Um, here's what I'd say for you. Uh, it's just practicals. And this may sound super rudimentary and elementary, but like pray, pray for your kid. Mm. You know, and be specific about your prayers. Yeah, I, I, we, I, don't, I think we pray to generalized prayers. Like, Lord, Lord, be with them today. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, like, like He's always with us. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. For some reason, that's what we pray. Like, Lord, would right. you be with me today? Like He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Yeah. But, but like, be specific. Like, uh, you know, my teenager is going, is really struggling with this right now. God, would you? Would you anoint him? Would your favor be on him? And in his conversations he's going to have today, mm -hmm. would, you, would you let him feel your presence in those conversations? Would you give him the strength and the courage to, to stand up for the things he needs to stand up for? Would yeah. you give him the yeah. grace to have the conversations with friends that he needs to, to lead them to Christ? Like, mm -hmm. like be, be very specific. And I would say for, for you as a parent, um, a scripture that says, may, may they be speaking about our children, may they be like a tree planted near streams of water 
so that their faith will not wither under pressure. You got to make sure that you are doing everything you can to mm. have your kid planted near this life-giving stream of, of faith. So like they got to be planted in the house yeah. in, in church. Yeah. You got to have them in church. You got to have them in community. Yeah. Like if you're, hey, hear me. If your teenager, your middle school, your high schooler is not in youth, like in, in youth community at church, yeah. You got to get them there. Yeah. Oh, it's during the week, and our schedule is like. Yep. Don't don't complain about. Mm -hmm. You know your your teenager struggling. Yep. When you don't have him in him or her in a healthy, uh, Christ-centered community. Yeah. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Like that part you can control. Yeah. You can't control what your teenager, what conversations are being had at school. You can't control what a, a lot of those things. But you can do what you can do. And I would say do everything you can do to get them planted. And then I would, um, I would have constant <laughs> communication, mm -hmm. open lines of communication with yeah. your kiddo that they know and trust they can come to you about anything. They can come to you about anything they're struggling with yeah. and they're not gonna receive condemnation or shame yep. or a guilt trip like, like you're gonna be there to help walk them walk them through those situations yeah and um they're they're more resilient than we give them credit for yeah i'm i'm, I'm trying to believe in that mm -hmm. and having to learn that yeah. right now yeah, yeah. um they they really they really are and what i've seen is when i get get my kids planted guys the word, the word of God is the word of God, yeah. and it's true and it's yeah. real. And like, I feel like sometimes we hear things like that verse, and then we say, "Yeah, but," or, yep. "No, like it's right. it's gonna it. it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen if you plant them in healthy community, in Christ-centered, life-giving community. Like, God is gonna do what He can do, will do, wants to do, in and through your your kiddo. Yeah. So I say all of that. I know this is a long answer. But it's a loaded question yeah. because um, I believe that your, your kid can have healthy friendships, have you know, great uh, relationships throughout their junior high, high school career, mm -hmm. their high school life. But I also think that they can actually make a difference, make a kingdom difference. Mm -hmm. And that all comes from you being intentional. Yeah from you being faithful, yep. from you being open and honest and being able to be available to them. Uh -huh. But then also, parents, hear me, there are some kids that are in your kid's life yep. that don't need to be in their life. Yep. And you have the right, you have the authority, and you have the, like, God on your side to yeah. say, you know yeah. what, no, we, this is what's best for you. And uh, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Amen. Come on. I love it. Well, hey, we, we hope and pray that this was helpful to you guys, that through answering these questions, it would draw you near to your relationship with God. If you'd like any more additional resource um, or there's something you're walking through that you need help with, please reach out to us at citizenschurch.org and email us at staff at citizenschurch. And uh, we, we pray that these questions blessed you, and we will see you this weekend for a brand new series. Can't wait to see you in the house.